girl, you've got questions. Questions about your body and how to feel good in it, about your hormones and how to keep them in check. Questions about your sex life and your whole health. Can you imagine having a best girlfriend who was also a triple board certified OBGYN? A girlfriend doctor you could call and ask or tell her anything. Someone who could show you how to live any stage of life before, during, or after menopause in a big, bold, and beautiful way. Well, friends, I'm your girlfriend doctor. I believe you were meant to flourish and shine, to embrace life and awaken to all its possibilities. Let's get there together. Welcome to our show. Welcome to the Girlfriend Doctor Show. I'm so glad to be back here with you guys, especially at this time of year, this high season, the holidays brewing, and it's a stressful time. It's been stressful, increases in outbreaks in the coronavirus and keeping and making people feel more isolated than ever. So I've been hearing from all of you and especially got this great question from Carla that I wanna share with you today on the Girlfriend Doctor Show. Let's go to that question right now. Hey, Dr. Anna. I'm Carla. I'm 50-ish, and I've been divorced uh, for six years now. This year, uh, with the pandemic, I've been feeling more lonely and isolated than ever. I want to meet someone and go back and date and have a long-lasting, loving relationship. What do you think I should do? Please tell me and help me out, girlfriend doctor. Well, that certainly is a great question. And certainly for myself as well, I want that loving relationship that lasts the rest of my life. I wanna grow old and in love and be in love for the rest of my life. So we're gonna dig into the answer. What about dating? What about dating before, during, and after menopause? How is that different? And how do we not make mistakes that we may have already made? So today joining us, the amazing Bella Gandhi, who is founder of the Smart Dating Academy and an expert in dating and establishing those long-term loving relationships. So you are going to love her. I can't wait to have this conversation. And I'm also bringing in one of her success stories who happens to be one of my dearest girlfriends, Nancy Halla. And I'm bringing her in to join us in this discussion today and to share her story as well. I can't wait for the discussion. Let's go ahead and get started. Well, Bella, it is great to have you here on the Girlfriend Doctor Show. I'm sitting on the couch and we're going to talk like girlfriends about this really hot topic, especially at this time of the year about dating and being a single. And what about online dating? And now just throw in online dating during quarantine and, and COVID coronavirus. So welcome. Welcome to the Girlfriend Doctor Show, Bella. It's so good to be here. I'm so excited. Um, and it's great to know that you're in Dallas where there's bright sunshine versus Chicago, where we're kind of covered under a gray blanket for the next few months. Ah, oh, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound good, but what a lively city, no matter what time of year, right? It's a great city for sure. Well, tell us a little background story. So how did you get to be the really the queen of online dating? 
So I started my company in 2009 after having been to business school, working in M&A and manufacturing, but I was always the girl who was matchmaking people successfully I and getting people out of bad relationships. So when I sold my last company, I thought, okay, what do I want to be when I grow up? And everybody around me said, you need to do that thing that you've helped us with. And they're all happily married and everybody's in great relationships. So I started Smart Dating Academy in 2009, which really helps people to take stock of themselves and look at the choices that they've been making in dating. Do I have dating patterns? Do I like narcissistic or avoidant people? Or am I just so caught up in work that I don't spend time on this? And then we really help them to put dating plans together that work, which includes online dating, which includes dating in real life and getting set up. So that's what's Dating Academy is. And so we've helped thousands of singles over the last 11 years um, find love successfully. It's been great. I have the best job in the world. Oh, and you've come so highly recommended. Our mutual friend, Nancy Halla, who will be joining us in a little bit, attributes her successful engagement and soon-to-be marriage to you and to your coaching and to your, your strategies that put in place. Well, first, Bella, what makes a good match? What makes someone a good match for another? I think when people start to think about the kinds of people that make them happy in their lives and start to prioritize those qualities over, I really need them to be tall and super successful and yada, 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 and all the things that evolution wires us to do, right, as people, as men, as women, and then we get so much bad cultural messaging, right, about how dating should go so fast and you should be looking for these things, but all the things that we're kind of taught don't always serve us in, in the dating world. Uh, when I hear, and I hear you talk about um, what makes a good, good husband quality, and you have an abbreviation for that. What is that? It's high GHQ, high and good <laughs> husband quality. So for women searching for men, that's what we call them. And for people that are searching for, for women searching for women or men searching for men, we call them good partner qualities, high in GPQ. But anyway, it's all about, and we have a process that leads each individual to who their GHQ man is. So that's what that stands for in a nutshell, but it's high and good husband qualities. Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. And when you're thinking about what's a, what is in it for the long term for you, I've been reading um, a great book based on Love and Responsibility by John, John Paul II and his early writings. And he talks about that common goal makes for a good, long-lasting marriage, having a common goal that is deep-seated in, in a authentic friendship. Friendship is key. Well, it's funny that you say that, Anna, because my husband and I were friends for six years before we started dating and good friends, like best friends, like to call each other in the morning, call each other in the evening, but always dating other people. So I tell people that when you start to look for the right things in a partner that actually make you happy, the chemistry can flip over the line. It doesn't have to be there in this whoosh right away thing up front. And everybody's kind of so willing to dismiss people right away during this process, pre-coaching with us, like, oh, I'm not feeling it. I'm throwing him back to the pot. It's like, no, 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 no. Let's wait and see. Right now, our process helps to screen people in slowly versus wanting that chemistry quickly. And if they're not there, throwing them back. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I hear that too, that, you know, needing to get to know someone past the superficial and it can take it can take time and energy and that sometimes, you know, we're short of. So having that accountability, like with your online dating academy, having that accountability, that coaching, that support to help you go through it. I know that's something Nancy said. She's like, I didn't even want to go on, go on this next date. I was exhausted. Well, she'll tell her story in a second. But what about also dating differences in our 20s to in our 40s, our second, looking for a second marriage or um, a post-divorce dating? How is it different now for individuals, especially women? No, I think with our process, I always say love is love. So the process is really similar from my standpoint, right? But I think that the dating pools are different in your 20s versus your 40s. In your 20s, you might be looking for someone to potentially get married to and start a family with. And maybe when you're in your 40s, now you're looking for somebody to blend families with. So I think it's more the pools look a little bit different in what each person in their 20s or 40s could be looking for. But then there are women in today's day and age that are in their 40s that are looking to get married and have kids. So it's so it's so diverse at this point. But the process of finding a partner that makes you happy is pretty consistent. So talk about that process. What are the steps that we should take in doing this and, you know, putting ourselves out there and, and really understanding like this is for, this is a almost, and I've heard you say it, this is a job. I mean, this is something that takes dedication and, um, and patience. Yeah, I, I talk about the three P's in the dating process, patience, positivity, and perseverance. It's like the holy trinity of P's. And each of those, if you think about it, are so weighty in and of themselves, patience, because so many people want to date like they Amazon Prime shop, right? It's like, boom, I came up with my profile and I've got good photos and I want my husband delivered to my inbox in 48 hours or my mailbox. <laughs> and, and that's literally how people date. They date with this very short-term outlook. I know people that have gone online and then seven days later, they're like, oh, this is not for me. I'm like, you weren't even on there for five minutes. Like this is the marathon. It's not a sprint, but so many people just, when they decide they want it, they want it to happen right away. And I wish that could happen, but that typically isn't going to happen. And then staying positive through this process, there's going to be ups and downs, peaks and valleys, times where it's like raining men, hallelujah, and they're falling out of the sky and manage them all. And then there's going to be times where it's like the Sahara Desert. And you're like, hey, where did everybody go? This was great a few weeks ago. And it's weathering those peaks and valleys that keep you through, that keep you going through this process. And that's why it's more than about online dating, right? You say it's about having a camp, like you said, a camp, Camp Anna, Camp Nancy, that people are looking for you too, to connect you, to introduce you, to um, be on your, you know, be an advocate for you too, on your side for those introductions, plus putting yourself out, doing activities that get you meeting other people. That's right. And, and you know, I look at those exactly the way you said them, Anna, there's three pipelines to meeting people. One is using technology and apps. 
The second one is getting yourself out there IRL in real life. And the third one is getting set up by people. But right now, especially during COVID, the other two pipelines are kind of slim to none at this point, right? Because we're not really going out and doing much IRL. And if you do walk into a restaurant, you've got a mask up to your eyeballs. You know, it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to look across the room and smile at someone when you've got a mask up to your eyeballs at this point. So and then getting set up because people aren't going out and about that much. So really dating app activity has been higher than ever this year. And it's such a good time to dip your toe into the pool or jump right into the Atlantic and get in there with all the other new fish in the sea. And I I agree, especially at this time of the year and the season of the holidays, thinking about, you know, what we're grateful for, but also sometimes what we're missing, what we're missing in our life when we feel like what we want and that special relationship, that love relationship comes to the top of the list often. So getting started, getting started in the online world, I want to go with some no's. Like these are definitely no-no's. Don't do this in the online dating world. What, what do you suggest? Because, you know, I've got a couple daughters in their 20s and another one in their 30s. And they're like the my uh, one of them who's in college. And she goes, you know, it's just ask, ask Bella, like, how do I, um, what did she say? Like, how do I um, uh, meet great people on Tinder? And I'm like, I don't think you should be on Tinder to meet great people, but I don't know. I'll ask Bella. (laughs) I mean, Tinder is responsible for more engagements than any other site or app simply because the denominator is so big. So it got a rap as you know, the hookup app. And look, you can hook up on any apps. Hell, you can hook up in a bar if you walk in there. So no app or site, you know, maybe there's a few that are meant for that. But in general, I would say you want to pick one or two apps that are good for you in the city you live in for who you are in the age bracket for which you're searching. And then, but don't be on any more than one or two at the same time, or you'll literally have like dating fatigue or dating ADHD. How can you focus on any one? I have people that come to me that are like, well, I'm on six different apps and nothing's working. I'm like, six? How can you manage even two at the end of the day? So Mm -hmm. slim it down. And so what are some, and so we'll limit the apps to one or two. And then um, what are no's on your profiles? Like what should you, should you say what you don't want or... What are some things you don't want to put out there? And I know you're beautiful about talking about get good pictures done, not selfies, not group photos, but get good, good pictures that give your best side. You're right on everything that you've said. Don't put out there what you're not looking for. Because as soon as you say, do not contact me if you're unemployed, do not contact me if your photos are old and all of that stuff that we feel like is going to protect us from people that we don't want to contact us, what it actually does is it just, it spews out negative energy. And so as soon as you're putting out that negativity, you're going to potentially scare away or just kind of offend people that are looking for someone that's positive and talking about what they are looking for. So always think about what you are looking looking for and speak about yourself and that person in a kind, specific and fun way. Make sure your profile isn't filled with a bunch of platitudes, right? I'm fun. I'm adventurous. I'm nice. Okay. What does that mean to you? Like adventurous for some people is jumping out of a plane once a week and adventurous for other people is going to a new ethnic restaurant in a new neighborhood, right? What does adventurous (laughs) mean to you? And then talk about that in little one sentence stories. Yeah, no, I like that. And I think that we have Nancy on. Yay, Nancy! Derek, do we have Nancy on? 
I'm here. Ah, Nancy! Hi, you guys. I'm Yay! Here. Oh, Nancy. So, so introducing our girlfriend, Nancy, who is coming to us from Washington, right? Yes. So we've Washington. got Chicago, well, Washington, Dallas. Yeah, I'm coming to you from my love nest in Washington. <laughs> I love my Pacific Northwestern love nest, which I would not be in this love nest if it weren't for my dear Bella Gandhi, wow. who, who showed me the ropes, Anna. And I'm so glad you're talking to her today because she she is like the fairy godmother of online dating. And she made all my dreams come true. And that is the truth. Oh, God, you can't ask for a better endorsement than that. Nancy, tell us your story. Like, what wasn't working before, and how did working with Bella change that? Well, so, so I'm in the you know, middle of life. I'm in my 50s, right? And I was married, but a really long time ago. I have two grown kids, you know, and so I dated on and off, as I guess we all do, sort of dip our toes in the water on and off. But if you don't find that one person, just like Bella said, it can get really you know, demoralizing. It can get exhausting, you know, and I think that any woman, in, you know, in the middle of life or probably at any age in life who is uh, is dating, is out there trying to date, has felt that at some point, kind of like, oh, enough already with this, yeah, you know, it's sure. worth it. You know, Anna, right? It's, yep. like, it's like, oh, it's, I have so much other stuff going on in my life. I've got a career that matters. I've got people in my life that matter. You know, am I really going to go on another date and have a, you know, a lukewarm glass of Chardonnay at a bar with Mr. I don't really care. You know what I'm saying? So, so I, I was kind of in that sort of moment. And, and, but luckily for me, I was doing a podcast with my, my darling friend, Sherry Salata. And she's like, listen, this woman contacted me from the Smart Dating Academy in Chicago. And here's, and here's Sherry. And I think it would be great for our show if you went on online dates. <laughs> <laughs> So, Anna, you know Cher. And so, yeah, I think it would be great content, Nancy, if you went on some online dates. And I'm like, oh, well, what if maybe we both did? She's like, no, 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 you go ahead first. So, you know. I'm, That's Sherry. That's Sherry. Right? <laughs> so, so I flew out to Chicago and I had the photo shoot. And yes, ladies, it's really important to get great photos. Because, you know, the selfies will not necessarily do the trick. And they're not phony photos. They're just really good professional photos that, by the way, I've been using now as, like, professional headshots and stuff, too. So it's like a two-for-one with Bella. And, and, then I, and then I started on my process with her. And, you know, she talks about, well, everything she just said, this whole, whole idea of what do you really want? What do you want? What do you want to manifest, right? Not what you want to avoid. Because if you focus on the negatives, then then you tend to draw the negatives to you, right? Like, I don't want this. I don't want that. That's really not the way to approach anything in life, especially not trying to find your true love. So I started just focusing on the positive and the good husband qualities. But I was in a, I was in a, still in a, in a bit of a funk about it. And I don't know if I was taking it totally seriously or if I just wanted good content for my podcast <laughs> and good, good, funny stories to tell. And then I ended up, reuniting with an old flame from high school when I went on a trip home back back to uh, Cleveland. And I thought, oh my God, this is the one. He's the old flame. He's come back. And this is my great love story. And then he turned out to be all the things that so many of the men in my life had turned out to be, you know, sort of unpredictable, emotionally unavailable, volatile, you know, un unreliable in so many ways. Following was, that old pattern. Old pattern. And it's like when you, and again, like, for women listening who are in your 40s, 50s, 60s, when you get to this point in life, you probably do have some patterns, mm -hmm. right? If you're not with somebody, you probably have some patterns that maybe you don't even know about yet. 
And you kind of have to dig deep and do some introspection. Like, why is it? It's not because I'm a wallflower and I never leave my house that I haven't found someone, you know, I'm super social. It's like I had patterns that weren't working for me. And so I sat myself down on the couch and I said, Nancy, if you want to find a different kind of man, if you want to find a different kind of love, you need to look for a different kind of man. And so in that very evening, I had had a date because I was on the, the app called Hinge. I don't know if you've ever heard of that app, but yeah. Bella instructed me no more than two. So I was on Match.com and Hinge. And I liked Hinge because it's sort of Tinder-esque. You know, it's a bunch of swiping and little quippy little answers, which I like. And so David had made a date with me for that very evening, literally that day that I had that revelation, like you need, you want a different love story, you got to look for a different man. And I went and literally went to my folder from Smart Dating Academy, opened it up before my date. And I read all the notes from my meetings with, with Bella, the good husband qualities that, you know, the people in your life that you love and who make you feel wonderful and wanted and beloved. What are their qualities? What are those feelings? That's what the man in your life should make you feel. You know, and so all these, you know, not butterflies, but just like, yes, I want to see him again. You know, all these really good tools and tips that I really want you to have, Anna, when you go on all your dates, because they're really valuable. I mean, even if you think you're all right, Nancy, (laughs) seriously, I was like, I got this down pat. I've had so many dates. I know how to do this, but I didn't. You know what I mean? I really did it. So anyway, so that night I was, um, I put on my berry lip as Bella would always tell me to do, wear a berry lip. You look at her berry lip. It looks so amazing. Beautiful. And beautiful. And, and off I toddled to the little local neighborhood Italian joint and there he was. And it wasn't butterflies in my stomach as, and it wasn't like he bowled me over with, you know, oh my God, he's the, everything. It was just like, wow, what a nice guy. I really would like to see him again. And then that started it. And now here I am engaged and deeply, madly in love with someone who's madly in love with me. And that's the truth. I love it. I love your story and definitely was following it in Sherry and Nancy show on your podcast. Oh my gosh. And I, and I love it. And that was inspiring. And I know you've inspired, you know, hundreds of thousands of women too, with that story. Cause I've read some of the testimonies like, okay, Nancy, I was giving up on da- dating, but I'm back in. And that's, and that's me too, Nancy, you inspired me too. And now look, we're in the, in this triad with Bella here. What trouble have I gotten myself into? You're in trouble now. Big trouble, Dr. Anna. Big, big (laughs) trouble. I know I was on a conference call with Nancy the other day and uh, yeah, (laughs) on a lunch date at the same time. She said, that is not good. No, right, Bella? So yeah, I called, I, I was texting or calling Anna and she's like, I'm on a date right now. And I'm like, oh, I'm telling Bella. (laughs) 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 No. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Remember, no more than one to two dates a week. We have a slow dating process. Talk about that. Talk about that. Yeah, that's slow dating process to keep physical, you know, intimacy at bay for maybe as long as possible. And, you know, that aspect, because that can really affect your decision making. I want to talk about that, too. So let's talk about the slow dating Yeah. I mean, God, I could talk about slow dating for an hour in and of itself. I think what's been magical, if there's a silver lining to COVID, I mean, we all hate this virus with a passion, but the silver lining from a dating standpoint is that it's literally put a barrier to entry, no pun intended, like a screen in front of us that kind of makes us slow down making out sex and all of that at this point. So it's really brought a courtship 
back to dating, which is so lovely. I've had people over the last nine months fall in love, talking to each other like this, women in their 50s, women in their 60s, because you get to go back to this granular level. And I have a client who's a physician in the Northeast. She's in her early 60s and she lost her husband early and came to us to get online and do it the right way and learn because she hadn't been on a date in 30 years. And so she gets online, COVID happens, and she meets this guy, and they don't meet each other physically for three and a half months at this point, even though they live in the same town, because they each had elderly parents that they were taking mm-hmm. care of. They did two Zooms a week. This is what how they evolved. And she had a dating funnel, so she was dating other people on Zoom at the same time. But every night, they would write each other a letter. And that's snail mail, but now email talking about like the times that they had dinner and what they like to eat. And they got to know each other at this level where the first time they met each other in person, it was it was love. They had already fallen in love. And now they're talking about getting engaged over Christmas. It's amazing what can happen. You don't necessarily have to occupy the same space so early on to develop those intimate connections. It's really amazing what's happening. Yeah, and there's that you lose that superficial relationship, right? You're able to connect and to hear someone's voice and to listen and to observe and to have that that safe, like essentially that safe distance, that barrier, as you said, and pacing, uh, pacing that you can do. Now, what about you said dating two or three or two or more people at the same time? How does that work? How long does that work? When do you go to just dating one to one? Well, as, as Nancy can attest to in the beginning, I'm like, just message them, keep them going. I want you to have a bunch of different people. We call it a dating funnel. Like you want to have multiple people in your funnel so that you stay objective as a woman, right? Because women, we tend to have nesting instincts, right? We find one and we're like, oh, I want this one. I want to marry him. Like after the second date, it's like, hold up. You're going to miss red flags if you potentially only got one to focus on. So you want to keep, this is like asset diversification. I'm a finance person by education. So you want to have a lot of different stocks in your portfolio, especially in the beginning. You don't want to take all of your retirement and put it into one stock that seems promising, right? So this is very much how dating is in the beginning. Beginning, and then you date people slowly. And the process in the beginning is it's kind of process of elimination. You're going to screen people out when they show red flags. And then you'll have somebody new coming into the funnel. So you're always juggling a few. And in our process, we're typically not watching people get exclusive if they're following the pacing until maybe 12, 13 good dates, you know, up to 20 dates with no red flags. Right. So, and you're talking about two and a half to three and a half months of this slow pacing. And we've had zero divorces in 11 years, right? Wow. This happened in seven years. So, when you measure twice and cut once, good things happen. Man, I love it. And so, let's talk about some of those red flags. Nancy, what were some red flags that you saw when you were dating that you were like, uh uh-uh? uh? Oh, girl, let me tell you, girlfriend, doctor. Many, many, but you know what the thing was? Like I didn't identify them as a red flag. Like that was the, you know, who the biggest red flag was me really, because I just let things go, Mm. you know, and I, and I, and I, you know, I had that thing where I thought I could fix somebody or I could make them into a mold, you know, like, oh, I, I, I like some things about them, but not, you know, these five things, these five really important things, but those I can change, right? 
it's like it's you know that's to me that was the biggest red flag is that my 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 approach to it was just I was trying to fit square pegs into round round holes. And I had this vision of what I wanted in a man. And it, and it turns out that's not at all what I want in a man. You know, I thought that he had to be, you know, super bombastic and super big personality. And, you know, just all these things that, that from my childhood that I thought I needed. And it turns out I'm, I'm with like this sweet, darling, dear man who's a little bit more on the quiet side. And he is the perfect, perfect companion for me. But, you know, here's here's some to get to your question. Here's some red flags that I that I really loathe is when guys try really, you know, to, to push things along way too fast on the first date. Like I was sitting in a bar once at this little neighborhood, darling neighborhood restaurant where I lived in Seattle. Really cute and nice, like a nice place, a place where I would go to often with my daughter, with my friends. And so we we're sitting at the bar. I knew the bartender. And this guy, I mean, he was almost basically sitting in my lap by like halfway through the first drink. I mean, he was too close physically. He was whispering in my ear. And, I, and I, I'm sure that he thought that was, you know, sexy and romantic, but it was just super creepy and, and like boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. So, you know, that I learned really quickly when I under, under Bella's tutelage, I learned very quickly to spot things like that and realize how, how does, and ask yourself, how does that make me feel? Yeah. Not like, oh, could I fix it or, oh, brush it off? But how do I really feel in this moment? Like, ew, I feel encroached on. I feel uncomfortable. Why would I want to be with somebody who makes me feel uncomfortable at all, let alone in the first hour of meeting? So I started looking for things like that. And I, and I went back to my gut feeling, like, how do I feel right now? I would literally like sit back and stop myself and say, how do I feel right now? I feel bored. I feel uncomfortable. I feel, you know, encroached on. I feel like, you know, insulted in some way. You look for things that maybe once upon a time didn't bother you, but you know what? When you're really true about your feelings, you realize if that does bother me and it's okay to say so. I have complete agency here. I can have what I want and have what I don't want. And then, you know, pick up your little purse and leave. It's like, you know, Bella sort of took me back to the Doris Day years. That's what Sherry used to say. She's like, oh my God, I love Doris Day. Day. You're yes. like putting your very lip and you're being picked up with your little handbag and you're seeing maybe two or three gentlemen at a time and nothing is going on sexually. It's all, it's romantic, but platonic. Do you know what I mean? Which is what it should be in those early stages. You don't need to be jumping in the sack on it's the second courting, third day. Right? It's right? courting. It's courting. Yes. Mm -hmm. exactly it's courting and that feels as a woman i'll tell you what that feels so good ladies like get back to that because yes, you feel yeah. like a beloved queen well i and tell my daughters there are 10 steps to getting to physical intimacy it's not from zero one to ten right you have to go through each step in that stage and and for me that's the discussion of courting like what characteristics do you like and nancy i think trusting your gut feeling right women we have great intuition trusting your gut feeling. And so Bella, like when we see some of those red flags or like in the dating relationship, maybe it's a great, great guy and you've really enjoyed going out with him, but there's, an, uh, you know, it's, it's just not a hundred percent right. Then how do you let that go? What's the conversation? Cause that's hard. I think that's hard. You don't want to hurt someone's feelings. You know, you're, you know, kind of on the fence maybe still like, how do you let that go? So in our process, we would really dig in with the client to say, okay, is it because you're not feeling chemistry 
right away because then we're going to try to screen this person in a little bit more until you know either way with certainty. But now, if let's say you've seen three red flags with this person and you're like, okay, I'm done, but I want to let it, I want to kind of do it nicely. We offer our clients what's called the goodbye sandwich and we help them to customize it for each client. It's kind of, you say the nice thing, then you say the direct thing, which is the me, like, hey, you know what? I'm not feeling we're a great match. And then the other bun, which is, you know, the nice part of it is, but I'm sure you'll make somebody really happy someday. So you kind of say it in a very lovely but direct way, and then you extricate yourself from that with the goodbye sandwich. Yeah, I like the goodbye sandwich. I think that that's a great, that's a great way to put it. <laughs> so yeah, that, um, but it definitely works. I think one of the key things it, to this process is, like Nancy said, there is a process. It's knowing who you're looking for, right? And so many of us think what we want is what we need, but that's not actually the case. And we continue to do the same thing over and over again, same dude, year over year, decade over decade. And we're like, why isn't this working for me? So really it's about sitting down. And I think quarantine can offer a really good time. Again, that silver lining to sit down and to help yourself or to get help around that. Who is the right person for me? What should I be looking for? Because without a clear roadmap, it's like the way people date, it would be the equivalent of me going, you know what? I want to drive out and visit Dr. Anna. You know what? And I'm going to get in my car and from Chicago and I'm just going to drive myself to Dallas and I'm going to feel my way there because I know, I just know what I'm looking for in a feeling. I wouldn't do that. I'd get right. ways. I'd look for the most efficient way there. I'd have a roadmap. But the way people date, it's like, I'm just going to know it when I say it. No, you're not. You're going to spend your time on a cul-de-sac going around and around and around. You're never going to get from Chicago to Dallas. But we don't think about things in that way that even with romantic love and partnership, especially that there's no more important thing you'll ever do in your life than find the lid to your pot right? The most important thing for your happiness, this is borne out by a thousand psychological studies, the Harvard grant study. And yet somehow we feel like we should just know, but for so many of us, like, like Nancy was saying, there's childhood stuff for so many of us. There's parental stuff. There's the, what, what we were told about ourselves, what we feel about ourselves. And sometimes that allows us to accept a lot of crumbs and people that aren't good for us. So there's a lot to getting through this process, both within and, and, on the outside to start making good choices, but it's fun. There's nothing better than when you find that person. Then you have your love nest like Nancy does. Oh, I, I, I know it. I can see her lit up about it. Nancy, and you, you know, like you talked about it just that almost when we are in those old patterns, it's finding, you know, uh, same, you know, same situation, different face, right? Over and over again until you go do that work, do that inner work. So I would say, you know, happy and complete as I am wanting to be in a loving relationship for life. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, in, in my work, in our work together, Dr. Anna, we talk a lot about thriving. You know, that's one of your core pillars is to nourish yourself, body, mind, and soul, which I love, and to really embrace yourself and shine and, you know, all of that really depends on your own attitudes about yourself and what you deserve in life and what you should what you should have, you know, and to really be cherished and beloved is, is a great foundation for thriving. You know, that feeling of, like as Bella said, the, the lid for the pot. I mean, I feel beloved by the people in my life, my children, my, my soulmate friends, but there's something really amazing 
about having a, a, a romantic life partner who really does cherish you and think of you as his best friend. Oh my gosh, I'm getting teary. Aww, but I love it. It really, it really is. It really is like a, it's it's next level good in terms of thriving. And, and everyone deserves that in their life. Oh, Nancy, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and 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 this journey, the journey that you've been on and, and just how authentically you've shared it too. Thank you. Mwah. I love you, girlfriend. I love you, Nancy Hala. I love you guys. I love my girlfriends. And it is true. And the pillar that we have too in the Girlfriend Doctor is embrace, right? And that's also, it comes from loving, being in a loving, kind, authentic, compassionate space. And it comes, it starts with us, right? It starts with us. And I think till we look at those, you know, root issues, those um, tangled webs or the stories we've told ourselves and, and clean that up, look at the patterns that it is, it is a challenge to find that, like what you found, Nancy, what Bella, you've, you found, and you found, uh, you've helped many people find. And what is that, 0% divorce? Because let's talk about statistics. I mean, 50%, uh, 40 to 50% of first marriages end in divorce, 67% of second, 75% of third. So right there, it's like, okay, stop, you know, stop the pattern. Yeah, so, and, and that's right. I mean, ultimately, we as human beings, we seek out what's comfortable versus what's intellectually or emotionally right for us, right? So if we grew up with dysfunction, right, that activates our attachment system and it makes us feel like, okay, this is comfortable for me. Like when people tell me, oh, you know, that guy was fine. He was just a little boring. It's like, hmm, boring. Okay. Boring is a very, it's a trigger word for us at Smart Dating Academy because at, because it often tells us that the client that we're working with is looking for someone who activates their attachment system in a bad way and makes them anxious. So that's something. So these are the things that we kind of sit on the other side of the seesaw about and going, uh, I'm not sure that that's actually good for you. Sometimes I'm like, a good first date for me is okay. It's fine. It's like, okay, it was good. I don't want to hear it was amazing. It's like what Nancy said. It was a good date. Would I want to see him again? Yeah. But it wasn't like, you know, the angels were trumpeting and the chemistry was off the charts. It's, it's the beginnings of a great friendship that's going to lead to great physical chemistry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I say amen to that. That's that's exactly, that's powerful. And that's what we want for the rest of our life. I think one of the things that I put in our mission statement in my business are these two, like these two rocking chairs on a hill in, in the North Care, or actually Tennessee mountains. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, having that, those chairs filled with, you know, at a hundred holding hands, the husband and wife holding hands together, looking at the community, looking, having their family around them, grandchildren, great grandchildren around them and having love and kindness kindness and respect and being able to relish in that feeling like that. That's like an end goal for me. That right there is an end goal for me. Oh, that's great. That's such a beautiful image too. And when you start out like that, right, that's great that you have that end goal in mind. And look, you've got another 50 to 60 years of your life for that juicy love that's coming your way. So get excited. Yeah. And no age limit, right, Bella? No age limit. What's the oldest couple you worked with? I have an 82-year-old on my books right now and a 24-year-old. Ah, awesome. 82, right? Yeah, exactly. Amazing. 
who is married to a couple of fortune 100 CEOs over her lifetime. Like the stories, everybody has a story and it's beautiful and it's rich. And sometimes we haven't been able to find the love of our life due to stuff. Sometimes we have the love of our life and we lost them prematurely, or we have yet to actually ever find that love. So people come in from all different spaces, but I can tell you there are great love stories at any age in any quadrant, whether you're never married, you're divorced, you're widowed. So get excited. It doesn't matter if you're gay, straight, what nationality, religion, love is love at the end of the day. And it's the time of year, right? Number Most number of people on dating sites, time of the year to, to look and, um, and never too late. It's peak dating season starting in mid-December until Valentine's Day. So online dating memberships spike 50 to 80%. Sunday, January 3rd is predicted to be the busiest online dating day of the year. So guys, if we have not convinced you, if you're single or if you know somebody in your life that's single, to dip their toe in the pool, I am telling you there has never been a better time to do this. All right, Bella, tell us where our viewers can find you. Um, our website is smartdatingacademy.com. We do a Thursday night Instagram live at 7 p.m. Central um, most weeks. Um, you can follow me at Smart Dating Academy on Instagram or find us on Facebook. I love it. Thank you for being with us, Nancy. Ah, big hugs. Do you have some parting words of wisdom? And, and just for everyone listening, I owe so much to Nancy. She and Sherry branded me the girlfriend doctor. I've been their girlfriend doctor for years now and just love, love, love them. And and uh, Nancy said, she's like, you've got to embrace this brand. And, and her and Sherry really convinced me to do so. <laughs> yeah, we love our girlfriend doctor. Mm -hmm. One little parting word of wisdom. And, and because I think that Bella covered this entire topic so beautifully. I will say that when you do find the love of your life, definitely um, go on Dr. Anna's website and get yourself some Jalva. <laughs> it is a very important ingredient to a beautiful, beautiful sex life when you are in the middle of life. And I will not go into great detail, but it is, it is a delightful, delightful thing. So get, get a lifetime supply of Jalva. That's there a relationship right now. <laughs> well, we I will, we will revisit. Some. We will revisit this topic at a later day, and I'll bring in Nancy back to talk in in depth more about intimacy and and, and making that <laughs> spicier because it's so true. I mean, you you had said, and you, you know, there are obstacles that create this detachment. I mean, we see it. This is what why I created Jolva, right? The obstacles like having pain with sex, having dryness, decreasing pleasure, urinary tract infections, all these things create an obstacle to that really important intimacy that we are designed to have to increase oxytocin, which further cements a relationship. And again, to Bella's point, that's why slow dating is important. It's important to wait for that physical intimacy because with that physical intimacy, oxytocin increases and all of a sudden you're now bonded to someone you might not really be compatible with. Amen, sister. That's mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you ladies for being with us. Thank you for being on the Girlfriend Doctor show today. I love you ladies. And we will be putting these notes in the show notes. Mwah. Bye. Bye everybody. The Girlfriend Doctor Club is here. We've been building our community for years on Facebook and Instagram through the Girl Talk questions that you send in that I answer on my website 
and in the newsletters and messages that I send out to you every week over email talking about what matters most to all women everywhere. Now we're taking this to the next level and yes, creating the Girlfriend Doctor Club. I am super excited about this. It is the perfect way to jump into 2021, linking arms with each other for inspiration, support, encouragement, and so much fun. So join the Girlfriend Doctor Club for just $1 in January. And believe me, you don't want to miss our inaugural month. We are dedicating January to making all our health and wellness dreams come true. Here's a little bit of what we're planning. We're going to start with my signature Keto Green Challenge to get you back on track with your fitness and health goals. We all need this after 2020, right? We're going to alkalinize you, girlfriend, and we're going to eat the best, healthiest, and delicious foods you can imagine while boosting your immunity and helping you lose weight. We can do it together. We'll also have weekly all-star guest appearances from my best girlfriends who are world-renowned fitness experts, and health gurus. We'll also have weekly online meetings in the Girlfriend Doctor Clubhouse to talk about the questions we all want answers to and to really empower each other to elevate our lives. We'll have menus, motivation, and so much more. So join for $1 in January and then get the rest of the year at over 50% off the regular membership prices. This means you'll have access to the exclusive club for under $50 a month. This club is my way of giving back to you, girlfriend, because you have given me so much love and support over the years. I wanted to create a place where we can say what we want and then go after it together. There's so much healing in community. All year long, you'll get special savings on my products and programs. I'll be designing fitness, health, and motivational challenges for you. And there are a few surprises I'm cooking up too. Please join us. I can't wait to see you in the club. This one click will change your life. Wow, wow, wow. What a fantastic show. I love bringing up open, honest, authentic conversation that I know that matters to your life and certainly to my life too. I want you to flourish, to shine, to embrace, and to awaken to your possibilities in all ways. And certainly this talk today is all about flourishing as well as about embracing, embracing connection and that truth with what is most meaningful to us. And then we stop making and repeating mistakes or patterns or thoughts that don't serve us any longer. And I'm here with you. I am your girlfriend, doctor. And remember, you can ask or tell me anything. No such thing as too much information. And I'm hearing it from you. So keep sending in your questions, writing your comments. We're in community and we're in this together. So go to dranna.com and go to my show and you will see key takeaways from today, some um, links and references, as well as where to ask me your next question. I look forward to it and I'm happy, so happy to be your girlfriend doctor. Till next time, happy holidays.